Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Welcome to The Living Room. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We also have our wonderful Living Room ladies. I'm Connie, your host, and my co-host is Kate. And we also have Heather, Jody, Michelle, Christy, and Jana. And also Heather's little baby, who is six and a half weeks old. If you hear the little coo of a dove, then you know what that is. We're so happy to have her here. Yeah, she's lucky. Her baby sounds like a cooing dove. Mine did not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Certainly not like mine. And we're so glad that you're joining us. We're talking about raising children who contribute and talking about the important principle of work, mostly in how we have been taught that in our youth and then how we're applying that to our children in our day. It's so hard nowadays. I don't know how you ladies have felt, but it seems like our society really enables and then even encourages this sort of entitlement. And you just have to go through a drive through and they're smacking their gum. They're not even looking at you directly, throw the food at you. You're like, hi, I, I wanted a little civility here. But it kind of, it, we see it affecting these kids and their perception of work ethic or their self-motivation or their genuine idea of, wow, I need to give back to my community. And so we want to share a few principles and practices that have worked in our lives and that haven't worked and then how we're applying them to raising our children. So to start out, we're going to ask you a couple of questions. And first and foremost, if you can be thinking as you're listening, did your parents teach you to work as a child? And if they did, what was the kind of work that they had you do? Now, if they didn't teach you, be thinking about that too. And I want to have some people share that experience as well. But Kate, my co-host is going to be able to share some experiences of being in a family of 10 and what the work situation was like for her. So work was a huge deal for us growing up. We just, we knew that by the time we were 16, we would have quote unquote a real job. But before that we, um, we sold donuts at car dealerships. We'd buy a dozen donuts and put them in bags. You would never get away with this now, but you put like three, three in each brown lunch bag and then we'd sell them to the mechanics and my mom would drop us off and we'd have like this, you know, container. I know it's not awful. And we'd, we would go, there'd be like four of us and then she'd pick us up downtown later. And, and then we'd sell poinsettias at Christmas or we'd sell cookies at Christmas and and we would pay for our own presents that we gave to each other. And, um, and then we had daycares and all these things. But, but the one that we always joke and laugh about is if life was really hard and we couldn't find a job, we'd go to workforce services. I, does everyone know what workforce? Yeah. They have them yeah. everywhere, right? So workforce services was like the worst of the worst. If we, were, <laughs> if we had to go there, we're like, oh, this is the worst. Were so, you like, like 12? How old No, no, no. This was after we were 16. So after we were 16, but I, but seriously, that was when you knew things are bad. And I, my sister painted rocks at a factory one time, <laughs> like for her job. She sat there just on an assembly line painting rocks. I worked in a box. A box factory next to a stripper, and she and I became good friends. It was awesome. <laughs> so I'm like home from this service mission, and she's a stripper, and we're working together at the box That's factory, sweet. and it was awesome. It was awesome. We had a lot in common. Yeah, we had a ton <laughs> in common. Anyway, but so so we would work at workforce services. One of my favorite was um, one time I had to go in the middle of the night because it was a call center, and they wanted me to use my Italian language skills. And so I went in the middle of the night because, of course, Italy's eight hours ahead. And I remember they handed me the script that I was to read and I'm like this is German and they're like oh just do the best you can <laughs> <laughs> like what? Sure. Yeah. 
So as I'm calling people, it's like Close. Germany, Japan, all these, and I'm laughing. Sorry, because the call center's empty. It's only me. And I'm like, this is the worst job <laughs> in the world. It's three in the morning. I'm in the worst part of downtown. I'm like, this is so stupid, but I'm just laughing. But I think it was just, it was just funny. Like these experiences are funny, but it taught me that I always knew I could go somewhere. It might be the crappiest, worst yes. job in the world, but there was a job out there if I was willing to do it. And you do it. And you know, Mike Rowe, he shared. He's the one that did um, the dirty job. Dirty oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great and show. And he goes around it. and speaks, and he says what's ironic is that those people, hands down, are some of the happiest people by evaluation, by survey, uh -huh. that because they have learned how to work, and there is a value that's inherent in that. Okay, so really quick, survey. Tell me quick what has been one of your worst jobs. Just really quick. What was <laughs> worst? it? Yeah, worst Try to beat job. the box factory. I've never had a, a bad job. No, My mom taught me to me go either. find a job that you really liked, and even when I worked in a call center, I didn't have to speak like Italian German. <laughs> but, um, I just had a bunch of friends who did it with me and we did telephone surveys as a kid and I still loved it. I was oh talking and gosh. people paid me to talk. Oh, and it was great. That's there's, a good there's attitude. Some, there's something powerful though. Because I did that too job. and I hated it. Because I'll tell you, in college, I had a great internship at a radio station. But before that, at 5.30 in the morning, I went to the Cub Foods Deli, and I had to slice meat. And my <laughs> Nike tennis shoes, I would go home, and our boxer, Jedediah Bocephus was his name, would <laughs> lick my feet. And so the reality was, it was a job. It was air-conditioned. It was 5.30. You know, cutting meat, not a huge deal. But to think that Gross. I went from, yes. you know, I was thinking yeah. I was this fabulous, radio you know, intern radio yeah. star, and then coming home, and my boxers, you know, licks my feet but so I smelled of salami funny. for a couple months That's <laughs> okay Ever. so I like Michelle most of mine have been pretty great um I got to learn I got to you know learn to be a chef things like that and Ooh, cool. I, I got to do some fun things but in college I did have a job where I worked in the business office of the chemistry and biology department and you'd think that would be like office work but I was the one that ordered like dead rats and crickets <laughs> and all that kind of stuff so they would come into me and say, I need like 10,000 crickets oh. and I'd have to order it. And then they'd come to me and I have to take them to whoever ordered them. Oh. And it was disgusting. So they like <laughs> needed all these things to test on or they'd need fluids that so that was disgusting. That was bad. That was a bad job. My well, there's no going after that. My worst job was in college. I quit my job that I loved on principle and went to this job at Dial America Marketing where mm. I had to sell magazine subscriptions oh, no. on behalf of Mothers Against Dr Drunk Driving mm. or on behalf of whatever charity. But then the people would always ask me, how does this support Mothers Against Dr Drunk Driving? And You're I would like, have I to say, know. well, they get point zero zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was horrible. And it was, I had to wear a headset and every time I, it would hang up the call, someone would hang up it on me. It would just start ringing again. Yes. For seven hours straight. <laughs> it was the worst. It was the worst. You know, I've never had a bad job. Oh, I was the I was the accompanist for a couple of voice teachers. I oh, shelved wow. books at the Family History Library. I've only had fun jobs and good jobs my whole life. And I think my parents yeah. taught us that. By yes. example, my mother was a musician. My dad was an artist. They were both teachers. We do what we love at our house, and that's what they taught us. Well, I awesome. And the reason why I bring this up is because we want our kids to have good experiences and enjoy working because they're going to be doing it for the rest of their lives. But there are some powerful lessons to be learned in a bad 
catch up. I know my son worked at a scout camp and we figured out he was making 60 cents an hour. Oh my gosh. And they had to slog out this, it was brand, (laughs) some of the things they had built. And so it was mud in there and they had to pull us up and it was, and it was raining. It was miserable. But I'll tell you, he went to work with his dad and my husband has a, a hardwood floor company and he had to scrap out and all this stuff. And he said, hands down, nothing was worse than working at that. No offense to scouts at all. It was just a scout camp situation. And so what's great about that is just like you said, it helps them to know I can do the worst and I, I survive. Yeah. I, I can do this. I can feed myself or maybe feed my family. And this is kind of the point we're trying to make today. These principles that we're teaching our children young on a small scale, sort of that love and logic, reasonable risk. If you can do that now, what a payoff that has later when they have to get up, they don't feel good. They've got a baby and another one on the way and they got to put their pants on and go to work. Even if it's a job they don't like. So there's power mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. So on this, the same kind of principle, what are some of the things that you have now taken from what you've learned when you were younger? And if you want to still share some principles that your parents taught you, not just jobs that you did, but principles that your, your parents taught you. And then we're going to talk about how we apply that to raising our children. So what are some principles your parents taught? So I talked about the marketing job that was so horrible calling the magazines. And what that taught me is that I could take care of myself. When I was 18, my mom said, okay, bye, have fun at college. And I paid for everything mm-hmm. after that. I paid yeah. food, rent, books, yeah. tuition, everything. I was That's on my right. own. I remember finding out you had to change the oil in the car and going, what? <laughs> you have to do what every 3,000 miles? And how much is it? And what? But when I went to get married... It was not a shock for me. Mm-hmm. I had no shock going into marriage like so many of my friends yeah. did with mm-hmm. what is what are bills? I've been taking care of myself for <laughs> yes. two years. Yeah. And I and I knew that. So I was not thrilled at the time that my mom was like, You're gone you're gone off into the world by yourself. But I'm very appreciative and I take that as a sense of pride that I've never asked anybody for help since I graduated from high school and moved out. I've done it on my own. That's you. great. That independence and that capability that you can't try to teach someone like we talk about teaching someone self-esteem that's ridiculous we learn from these experiences and it becomes a part of us well my mom taught by example and she was a single mom who had to raise kids and by herself and she taught us you know she had me getting out at 10 babysitting mm-hmm. for 50 mm-hmm. cents an hour oh, oh, I hear you. and doing dishes and doing the dishes oh. And you were getting paid nothing. And now kids nowadays want to get paid 10 bucks an hour and they do nothing. They come home to a messy house and they texted the whole time. But anyway, that's that's another another show. show. (laughs) That is another show altogether. But one of the things that my mom taught me, you know, I love what Connie talks about how giving them bad jobs so that they recognize that that's part of it. But I also feel like my mom taught me that you will work the rest of your life. Choose something you love Mm -hmm. and choose something that makes you happy. And if you Mm -hmm. want to be a teenager who goes out and flips burgers and you like that scene and you want to smell like my brother came home smelling like Kentucky Fried Chicken every single day and he could tell you some crazy stories about the food that they served or you can go do telephone surveys or you can go do something else or you can make cookies and sell them or whatever it is but I want to teach my kids that you're going to work the rest of your life and my kids now do cookie selling because they want to earn money and I don't want to give them everything even if I have the money to give them. I want Mm -hmm. them to earn it and know the joys of that and they appreciate things so much more and my mom taught me that. She said, if you wanted money, she would give me jobs. I remember folding three loads of clothes for 25 cents because Mm -hmm. I wanted to earn money. And so Mm -hmm. she taught me that you can have anything you want, you just have to earn it. I love that. I love that. And to not underestimate our children's capability. Mm -hmm. I think this is what we can do as 
parents with what your parents have done. I know that my son came to me when he was seven. He wanted a Lego set. It was $40. And I'm like, gee, let's get two. I said, gee, what are you going to do to earn that money? And he was seven. And he was like looking at me with those big wide eyes, like a light bulb just went on. And so he said, he's going to make cookies. So I started helping making cookies. He wanted to sell them for a dollar a cookie. And I said, dude, it might be a little pricey. This yeah. is our neighborhood. We don't live in the right neighborhood for that. You know what I'm saying? We're white trash. So I just yeah. want to let you know. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm selling them for a dollar. I said, go for it. And I followed him behind, oh, you know, as he's doing you. his little cookies, sold them. Totally sold out made bank. So I learned, and he also learned after that, he went up and he started doing mopping the floor. And mm -hmm. up to then, what he'd been doing? Matching socks. I'm like, gone were those days. He knows how to mop a floor. And he yeah. had kept that from me until yeah. he wanted a Lego. <laughs> so oh, I, I think it's that. so important. I think our, doing those jobs young, it teaches us that we are capable. And so mm -hmm. as parents, what a great thing we can give them the opportunity. Yes. My dad um, always had another job on the side of his real job. When I was, in, when I was born, my parents went to dry cleaners. Um, he owns a dry cleaners today in his retirement. And in high school, he also had a dry cleaner. And so he put me to work at the cleaning solution when I was um, 15 years old. I did not like it. It's a hot, mm -hmm. steamy environment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, seven on Saturday mornings when the teenagers were sleeping and come on, Jones, you know, off we go and off I would go. Well, my children have the luxury, and I say it's a luxury, to go to the cleaners and work. Now, what's interesting <laughs> is they yeah. don't want to all work at Grandpa's Cleaners because mm -hmm. that's a job that, you know, I just get because it's Grandpa. But my oldest daughter really took an initiative. When she was 12, um, that's when my dad opened it, and um, she just went off to college. Now she's on a church mission, but she could seriously run that place because of the initiative she took. Mm. I think having your grandparents or other family members involve themselves in your children's lives to teach them skills or to bring them into their work and to show them. I know a lady down the street, you know, her son gets to go with uh, the grandfather to his law firm, but it's a showing of this is what yes. we do. And, and it is hard work. Um, so I think, I think by example and me being able to say, Hey, I did this. Now yes. you get to do it. And no, you, you know, it's not air conditioned and you might come home a little hotter. At least you don't smell like salami. That's but right. I think that we can look mm. into our, you know, our reserves as far as who can yes. influence our children grateful that grandpa says to my kids, Hey kids, come down, do hangers, come down and do these things. And they see how a business works. Even if it's not their first choice, the reality is, is that it's work and it's a good thing. I love that. And look at the family connection that you're doing there. We're not out on a farm. We're not, you know, getting potatoes together, but you're, you're in a dry cleaner and they're getting that grandfather connection, the mom connection, the three generations there. That's the thing that's kind of being lost too, is there's so many layers. And that's what we want to emphasize today. There are so many layers to work and teaching kids to work and working together that ends up helping them contribute in so many layered ways in their lives and in the future. And so keep that in mind as we're talking about this, how this impacts you as a youth, how it impacts you later. That, that kind of three generation thing is, is magic in this day where we just don't get that. Kate? I was just going to say, I also love the principle. I think um, my kids now, they're learning, you know, to earn money. And so they're thrilled. Everything, what can I do to earn money? And and sometimes I'll go, can we rub your feet or can we rub your back? Or, I'm pregnant. And I obviously the massage is not awesome. But <laughs> but, but it's funny because my daughter the other day started just, just spontaneously giving me a foot massage. And I said, oh, that's so nice. And she goes, how much can I earn for this? And I said, honey, is this something you're earning? Or do you think this was a service you were giving mom? She goes, 
oh, I'm sorry. You're right, Mom. This was something I chose to do. Nice. And I think that's Love important because my nieces and nephews will mow lawns for business, but then they'll mow Grandma and Grandpa's lawn. And in my Service. mind, you don't pay. Mm -hmm. You don't have Grandma and Grandpa pay you to pay their lawn. So I think that the opportunity of teaching them to work is not just you're working, what do I get out of this? But yes. also, I'm learning to work, what can I give? And I think um, mm -hmm. I want my children to learn that they can do hard things because at some point in life, it's going to be required of all of us and them. And so I think all of our jobs is teach them to teach them how to handle those hard things before they get there. And I really think work is that precursor to handling hard things. Absolutely. Well, and I know one of the most powerful things my parents did is they taught me to work for intrinsic reasons and not for extrinsic reasons. Mm -hmm. So whatever route you plan to go as you work with your children, but you know, we kept the house clean and I kept my room clean because it made us feel better to be in a home that was clean yes. and yeah. had space to play and do those things. And so it was never a miserable thing to do. It was always a great thing because the outcome was for that intrinsic reason sure. or it was service or opposed to who's going to pay me. What do I get? Can I have a treat? It yeah. was, wait, we do this for the right reasons, and these are what the right reasons are. And I know that made a huge difference for me. The other thing that keeps coming to mind that I'm so grateful for is my mom, my, my dad too, but being at home with my mom all the time, she never, ever once in my entire 38 years of life has spoken ill of work. Not oh, once. Wow. Not That's one awesome. single time. I have never heard her scoff or sigh or moan, or say, I don't like the laundry. Not one single wow. time. Fantastic. And it was so great for me because... Work was never bad then. Work was a good thing right. because she didn't complain. And so once I, I was it. the mom and I've got these six kids now and I've got laundry and dishes and I mean, sure, I know full well inside because now I do it that it's hard and I'm sure there's a, a million other things she would have loved to do, but she never said that it was a bad thing. And so my impression of it was always, this is good and it's good for our family and I'm grateful for that. I, our kids pick up on those scoffs and moans. And so if we moan every time we, you know, mow the lawn, then when we say, hey, son, can you go mow the lawn? It's like, oh, yeah. mom can't stand this or dad doesn't like this. Why will I like it? Yeah. We have to I be really that. careful the way we talk about work because that's what our children are picking up on. One like, way that my mom talked about work that was fantastic was she used to say, never be afraid of a dirty job. You can always wash your hands. Oh, I love and, that. you know, it's, love it. so, so it's For okay. You gloves. can clean up vomit. You can, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can yeah. do those things and it's okay. And that was really helpful. My mother-in-law uh, grew up on a farm. And they work hard in that family, I'll tell you. And it has become part of the Parkin family culture. The grandkids all are so proud of themselves. And they're always saying, I'm so glad my parents taught me how to work. I'm so glad yeah. grandmother and grandfather instilled this work ethic in us. And it's really neat now to be able, and I think they're, the way they taught that was no excuses. You know, it doesn't matter if you're tired, you don't feel good, you work, you lend a hand, you know? That's right. Which was really, really nice. But I think now those kids stand out for their work ethic. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And people, you know, my son's lawnmower customers will say, I've never seen a kid work this hard. He's amazing. You know, and you see that and the kids take pride yes. in their work and they yes. love doing an excellent job. It matters to them. And those kind of things I think have been amazingly beneficial. The other thing that I've loved about our son's lawn business is he's learning how to invoice. He's learning mm -hmm. how to interact with people. We have all these lovely older uh, neighbors and he's 
having these conversations mm. with them, and they're his friends, and he's you know, that's yes. invaluable. Mm-hmm. And those are life uh, and skills. They have an life skills. Oh, layered yeah, learning, that layered mm-hmm. life skills. That's yes. exactly yeah. right. And love that where something as simple as these sort of everyday things that you were taught in your youth have these powerful lessons. There's this wonderful um, article um, that this one this woman shares, and I'll put it on the the site so it's a good reference. But she she says we learn lessons of life at home that build strong character. Family researcher Enola Aird reminds us that at home we learn how to work, how to govern ourselves, manners and morals, and how to become self-reliant or not. And that without the humanizing part of work, working with our family, working together, then people can become educated but not very giving or compassionate Mm. or kind. Then she ends with this, which is lovely. If we realize the value of everyday life, we can see that even the smallest child can feel like a valued individual through something as mundane as folding laundry. Little children can match socks, sort colors, fold towels, and be recognized for their accomplishments, just like you were saying at any age. My kids start folding towels at the age of three, and they're bowling balls. You cannot recognize the shape. <laughs> and it's embarrassing, but because I say, oh, can you fold the towels? And they say, I already did. And I go, oh, yeah, they look good. And um, <laughs> you're refolding. Right. You're putting no, them in the I shove them in yeah. just like that, because if they open the door, you I have them to, to value. Yeah. I say, I love you and look what you did and now they're like a stack of pancakes but these look at these skills that you just shared what you learned and look at the threads that we hear family bonding confidence all of these things that you're instilling Christy I was just going to say I'm shrinking over here in my chair because I do not feel like I am good at teaching my kids how to work it's hard I have oh my gosh that's our next section She did do that. I'm good at teaching them how to raise money because I was always a little entrepreneur. I would cut people's roses out of their yards and then sell them back to them. I love it. So, so yes, I'm good at teaching entrepreneurial skills, but we are not good at our house at teaching laundry. Dishes. You're probably normal. No, I, I am the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pitting out. I am pitting <laughs> out. It's just okay, we are seriously not I love that you said that, anyone out. But I love the honesty and the candor because every yeah. one of us in this room has felt that same feeling. Absolutely. And yes. some of us are just a little farther along that we've had more time well, to make we more have mistakes. Little kids, Christy and so, and I. We're just starting. I'm just right. starting. That was my goal this summer was like, okay, here that's I am, right. the girl that has been raised by the mother of all work. And I'm like, my mom's always like, where's your job chart? Where's your job? I'm like, I don't know. I have one. I'm just trying to survive. I don't know. I've failed at 85 job charts. I bought the $75 job chart system. I've made things that go on the wall. I've done done everything. Dry erase boards. I hate it. I hate it. Well, here's the deal. I I love it because we've all been there. And I think we can all relate. I've done the dino dollars and the dino store. And thankfully that's gone the way. For sure. But I think there's a great quote that Kate has that will lead us right into this beautiful section that is perfect because that is exactly how you feel okay all of yes. these amazing norman rockwell stories yeah. and then my notice life i only shared like about that. my story growing up not how i am with my <laughs> own children <laughs> yeah so this is by ann landers and i love it it says it is not what you do for your children but what you have taught them to do for themselves that will make them successful human beings 
So mm. on that note, yeah, I got one too. I, 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 I want you to remember. <laughs> as Jana's over there, like, wait a second. As we're yeah. talking about this, I, I want us to remember as moms, we we jump to the guilt pad immediately. Yes. Please don't step back and say, what's one thing that can resonate here that I can shift? I've learned that over the years, sitting in lots of meetings of different one things I can do. Keyword. One thing that I'm going to listen for that will really make sense to me, and that I can try in a small way to make a difference. And then it gets that dominoes going. It just goes. When yeah. you do one thing. So think about that as we're talking about a variety of solutions or ideas or thoughts. One thing that might resonate with you, Jana. One thing that really taught me a lot as a young mother, I uh, had a friend who was about 10 years ahead of me on that path. And she said, by the time your kids are 18, you should be out of a job. I love that. That just opened oh, a whole awesome. window for me. And so now, yeah, my kids do their own laundry. Awesome. And they I don't touch it. That It's their thing. And pretty soon, I'm going to be out of a job. And I'm completely That's why my okay mom had 10 that. freaking kids. What does <laughs> she do all day? <laughs> she reads. I love that. And that, that is a nice. fantastic... That is a fantastic thought of we are raising future, I say, future stellar adults. So how can I get myself to where I'm less involved and they are doing more of their things? My 22-year-old is at home, but he does his own laundry, keeps it separate and does his own thing. How can we get to that point? So what are some things that you're doing in your life right now to help your kids? Mistakes included that you've tried and it didn't work. And also for those that have younger ones, think back again to what your parents taught you that you do yourself now as a parent. If you haven't yet practiced it with your own children, but first anyone that has it for children, Jody, I, I have to tell Christy, I resonate with her because I, it's not that I'm, I want it all perfect by no means, but it's sometimes just easier to do it. And yes, I had it's always it. Yeah. And so, you know, as I have an older daughter, she's very self-reliant and everything. And I'm grateful for that, but I see how some of the things that I need to still improve on. One thing I can recommend that has to do with laundry. My neighbor behind me said, when my kids are 10, I teach them how to do their laundry. My jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? At 10? Oh my goodness. That seems so young. But the reality was I couldn't do it at 10, but at 12, marched, you know, my then daughter into the laundry room and said, Hey, here's how we do this. And it gave her a sense of, Oh, I want to do this. Now it didn't work perfectly for a while, but now that I'm on my third child doing their laundry, um, my son, I had to kind of mess up a little bit where he couldn't find some of his shirts. I was like, oh, gee, I didn't get to the laundry. And then he was motivated. And I hate to admit that. Hopefully he never does that. But the reality is, is that he is really capable at 14 of doing his laundry. Granted, sometimes I freak out because the, you know, it's not perfectly ironed. And then I'm like, oh, whatever, that's the look. Um, But that was one thing that I could do. I kind of chose something that, oh, I can relinquish this, help them do it, and feel like I'm allowing them to achieve and me to achieve. And it's still not perfect you know Mm -hmm. sometimes I will end up doing it here and there but I picked something that I could say what can I hand over at a certain age and teach them and train them and help them go along and then sometimes it's an act of service when they come home and see all their clothes laid out nicely on the bed and they're like oh thanks mom and then they appreciate it I did that for you because I was thinking of you today (laughs) oh I was just going to say I'm furiously making a list of, of what I'm going to do to improve so I'm going to go home and make a list of what will put me out of a job. Unemployed mothers. And I'm going to teach the twelve year old to do those things. Do you know what I love, love, love that Christy said that honestly because um this summer I was like, okay, I'm pregnant, I'm hot, I'm tired. What is one thing, one thing that I can focus on this summer? My 
kids were in any activities, nothing. So I was like, I, I have the energy for one thing. And my mom's like, if you can just teach them to get up every day and make their bed and yeah. clean their room. And right. so that was mine. And it took me the whole summer. And there were days I was just like, oh, forget it. Never mm -hmm. mind. But now before school, they're doing it and it worked. And it's the first thing that has worked in our lives work-wise. And they get up and they do it. And I still have to remind them. And if they don't do it, they don't get to play with friends after school. But that's it. It's make your bed and clean your room. And now they have clean rooms, and it's one thing I don't have to do. So I love, I love pick one thing. Love well, it. and I think I going back to young children, I think we have this, this I don't know, belief that, you know, we're going to teach them and then just send them off, and it's all yes. just going to be. But one of the best things we can do when our children are young, first teach them young before they know any difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they think it's fun. So yeah. they start to, they because they love it when they're little. Mm -hmm. But we've got to work with them. You know, this, hey, you're four, oh, I'm yes. going to abandon you to your room, go yeah. clean it. Ten hours later. I mean, that's the most yeah, overwhelming work. thing we could ever Absolutely. ask of them. So if we'll work side by side, and the funny yes. thing is, you know, even with our kids as they're really little, I don't have to pick up a single thing. If I will just be in the room yes. so that they're not alone with a little bit of feedback as they go, all of a sudden magic starts to happen. So we're not shipping them off when they're young to figure it out on their own, but work side by side with them teach them and then all of a sudden it's oh mom taught me how to make this bed and so that's right. it's no big deal do that. instead Perfect. of see you later come get me when all that's taken care of yeah it's yeah. asking too much of a small child that's and i point. love again it's that layered learning because now you're doing it together as a family and there's bonding and there's all kinds of chemical neurochemical reactions going on and cementing that emotionally and physically well and you happening. talk about a million other things some of my best experiences with my parents were while we were working exactly. yes. doing dishes you know whether it's a yes. tough conversation or a funny conversation or a learning experience those things happen when our hands are busy together That's and we're not nice. thinking these weeds are lousy we're thinking man this is really okay. cool that I'm yeah. talking to my mom yeah. like this that's what we focus on that is exactly right and I love the points that have been made because these are so what is crucial it's underestimated what work provides so just to recap a few things that we, we talked about today these things that we can teach by work or independence capability family bonding and some suggestions for how to do it do it in stages adjust for the, the situation if you're pregnant or if you're, you have lots of little kids and then start with one area choose one thing we'll have more on our individual blogs I will have the six C's that I have for my kids that I teach them before they leave the home I've taught them doesn't mean they do them but my job is done <laughs> yes. so I've done my job no longer on so, your head yeah. meanwhile please join us for more episodes and, and wonderful discussions we'll find them on from the living room.com itunes as well as our individual blogs and websites you can catch us there remember download your quote card that we had today and all of the resources we just love having you here feel free to send us your suggestions for shows we love doing this and we love hearing from you and hearing the impact that this makes we appreciate the impact you make on our lives so remember when you go with your family today consider one thing you've learned from this show and remember to give yourself and your family some living room I know that as moms, or at least I do, sometimes think, what can I do that's new and fun? And so I love co-host Heather Johnson's book, Family Fun Fridays, that helps give you ideas, but also makes a ritual out of it of doing something fun with your family every single week. Heather, tell us a little bit more about this great book. Well, isn't that the most difficult part, thinking of what we're going to do? So Family Fun Fridays is nearly 90 pages of activities you can do with your family, with your children. The greatest part about it is all, everything is starting with stuff you have at home, very low cost. You don't have to go anywhere, do anything. And these are really unique, fun games and activities, opposed to the ones we've seen for so many years all the time. So check it out. You can get it at fromthelivingroom.com or familyvolley.com, either place. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. 
We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.